Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. They have won the Rachel Hayhoflin Trophy. Well, haven't we witnessed some absolutely sensational test cricket? Ash Gardner, take a bow. Welcome to Storylines, the women's cricket podcast with me, Melissa Story. Just me tonight because Nikki is unfortunately busy, but we're back with the dailies for the England versus India series. Three T20s, one four-day test match. You'll know, guys, that this series means a lot to me and Nikki because there's going to be some friendly competition. I'm saying friendly here. It could get violent. For all we know, it could end up in an arena with someone throwing chairs and screaming between who's the better in-swing bowler between Lauren Bell and Renuka Singh Thakur. The answer is they're both incredible, but it was, a, it was a great T20 and I can't wait to get stuck into it. First of all, though, guys, I'm going to apologise because we haven't been releasing many episodes lately. We know that. We promise we're not being lazy. There's many things I'm lazy about in life. For example, the washing, which has been on my clothes horse for the last four days and I haven't put away. That was laziness. But this is just life getting in the way a little bit. Me and Nikki are both quite busy at the moment. And when the days get dark at half four, it's hard to get up and do things really when you're both working full-time jobs. But these dailies, they're going to get us up and we're going to be doing a lot more podcasts. So Keep an eye out, keep updating your feed after the games. But what a game. England, batting first, put on a mammoth total, 197 for six. Danny Wyatt playing her 150th T20 international squad, 75 of 47 balls. And Nat Brunt, of course it's Nat Brunt, scored 77 off 53 as well. 13 fours in that innings. Now, a juicy little cameo from Amy Jones, 23 off nine. I mean, speak about setting a platform between Danny White and Nat Brunt. Everyone was going, oh, I love a platform. It's a good platform. But it's so great when the platform kind of makes it all worth it and someone comes in and strikes at 255. Yes, I know that it's a good batting surface and the the boundaries at the Wankhede Stadium are, are small, but it was good to see Amy Jones 
striking the, the way we know she can, to be honest. And three fours, one six in that. It was brilliant at the end. Three wickets for Renuka Singh Thakur. Oh, I don't think that's how you say it. And two for Sriyanka Patil. And then in reply, India, well, it looked like they were going to get close. Shafali Verma, 52 or 42. And contributions from Harman Prequar, 26. Rika Ghosh with 21. But in the end, India just running out of time, finishing on 159 for six. I say it could have been close, but towards the end, England's bowlers really pinned things back. And well, the pick of the bowlers, Sophie Eccleston, she's back from her injury and she's picked up three wickets. Now, starting with the, the England innings, there was a bit of a shock, really, as at one point they were two for two. Sophia Dunkley was bowled by Renuka Singh Thakur in a, a bit of an unusual fashion. She got a bottom edge or slight edge of the bat onto the elbow, onto the stumps. And, so that, you know, there's that element of quite unfortunate luck there for Sophia Dunkley. And then Alice Capsey, first baller. It was a good ball from Renuka Singh Thakur, but I think Alice Capsey herself would admit she just played down the line. There wasn't too much swing from Thakur, who we know is a, a brilliant in-swing bowler. And I guess those two dismissals, even though, you know, we'd say Dunkley's is unfortunate, is just one of those things where even when I look to this England side and you look at one of these performances today and go, you know, they've won by 38 runs. It was comprehensive. There was brilliant batting. Just a few signs of that weakness still at the top of the order, because we know that England can be susceptible to the in-swinging ball against Megan Shute in the summer. And there was also a brilliant statistic on Twitter from Moet Sharp, who said that Renuka Singh Thakur versus England in 2023 has bowled five overs for 16 runs and picked up seven wickets. Seven wickets for 16 runs. I mean, that's just brilliant. But if anything for me as well, just highlights that weakness from England. When the ball's just swinging in slightly on that fourth stump, the amount of times you see, particularly Dunkley, Capsie, just playing down the wrong line and having that off stump pinned back and on replay, and I'll include Danny White in this as well, and not particularly today, of course, but there, there, there does seem to be that vulnerability and I'm sure it's something they're aware of. And when you're early on in your innings as well and your feet aren't moving that much, it is difficult. But maybe just something to look at, that slight vulnerability at the top of the order. But that vulnerability didn't end up being costly for England today because from two for two... Then came the partnership between Danny Wyatt and Nat Siver Brunt, where by the time the third wicket fell, which was Danny Wyatt in the 16th over, they were 140-4-3. I mean, when we look back to the summer in England series against Sri Lanka, and obviously the highlight of, of that for Sri Lanka was winning the T20 series, a, a remarkable feat from them, but it was... England's troubles and difficulties against spin and not necessarily always spin bowling because some of the pitches weren't turning much but that's slower bowling you know from an England perspective today I think it was such a positive partnership between Wyatt and Siver Brunt because the way they manipulated the field they were hitting down the ground over extra cover slog sweeping to pick up those boundaries and, and find the gaps but it was the, the manipulation of the field around that and running those those ones and twos even on a an outfield which is smaller than others it was just really positive from England and I think when you've got two of the senior players in Wyatt and Siverbrunt playing that with playing that way, and you know with such a young squad as well, it's just a, a real way to demonstrate that look, you know this is how we work against a team which uses so much spin and 
I mean, speaking of spin for India, we, we mentioned Renuka Singh Thakur, who had three wickets for 27 in the end. She's just brilliant to watch and really sets up that kind of Indian bowling attack. Early on, she was certainly a senior player today alongside Deepti Sharma, who bowled three overs for 28 but went wicketless. But for me, it was seeing Sriyanka Patil and Saika Shak with the ball in hand because seeing two young spinners who have, you know, risen through the domestic ranks in India, who starred in the WPL, particularly these performances in the series, I will add, maybe being of interest to some people with the WPL auction coming up and certain teams such as Gujarat having lots of spots to fill. But for me to see those two players, you know, Sriyanka earlier on in her career, a bit younger, having that confidence to bowl and bowling that final over. Yes, she did get hit for that six, but I'm always really impressed by the way she bowls and seeing how she performed in that series against England A as well was just really impressive. I love Psycho Shack. 28 years old as well, you know, for her, she may not have thought that she would get this chance internationally or to play internationally and, you know, was expensive today, went at nine and a half per over, but actually when you compare it to the rest of the bowling figures, she was going at the same rate as Deepti Sharma, so I think she should be pretty happy with her performance as well. In reply, India mentioned that innings from Shafali Verma, who... I think in in a way is is really coming into her own with more and more innings such as this. Yes, it wasn't her most dynamic. She was striking at 123, but you know, she was top scorer and she still has that ability to to sometimes and occasionally play the most disgustingly effective hoik that you'll ever see which will clear the the boundary by, you know, with ease. But her game has really developed into the point that she can rotate the strike nicely and I, I still think that India's got one of the best opening partnerships in the world at the moment with Verma and Smriti Mandana. Not that Smriti Mandana was on her top form today. She got out bowled by Nat Siva Brunt with a pretty uncharacteristic shot, a big heave across the line. You could see what she was trying to do. She was trying to play that classic Smriti Mandana shot where she almost advances down a bit and gets to the pitch of the ball, flicks it off the pads and in the end just it, it didn't look good. It's kind of the thing that you would expect to see on a, a village cricket Twitter account in terms of the, the shot played. But she can't get runs every time. And we say this now, if Smriti Mandan has not got runs today, then I, if I was England, I'd probably be a little bit scared for those two T20s coming up on Saturday and Sunday because she'll be wanting to get out there and contribute for her team. Jamima Rodriguez also went for a low score. And I mentioned Harman Preet and Rika Gosh making scores in the 20s but not being able to go on. This big emphasis, which has been spoken about a lot on the television coverage, is this new era of Indian cricket, new coach, new fitness levels. And I think they're, they're fielding, even though there was mistakes today, if we look back at their fielding across the last year, it, it's really, really improved. And it's as a team improved them to kind of move on from that team. And I guess in the Matali Raj era to, to where they are now. And I think in terms of the players who they, they, they're getting into the team, particularly the younger ones, uh, are great role models and, you know, athletes at the the, the peak of their game. They're, they're really great fielders. They're incredibly fit. But when you look at the way India bats sometimes, I think the one area they're lacking intent is still the running between the wickets. And this is something Shafali Verma, I think, needs to develop more. Smriti Mandana, the amount of times during the 100 last year for the Southern Brave, I think I saw her jog through for a single. And there's very clearly a two. 
I just think in this series where we have two teams who are so even against each other, you think, you know, this, this has the potential to be an incredible T20 series. I can't even explain my excitement for the test match and hoping that it is concluded within four days and it doesn't kind of almost fade out into a four-day draw, but I'm getting sidelined. But I think India, to compete with England in this series, to, you know, challenge them at what they do well, they need to run between the wickets better. Because this game made England look good at running between the wickets, which they were in this context. But when we go back to the Ashes, England were not very good at running between the wickets. So both of these teams, who of course want to challenge Australia more often, need to get up to Australia's level in running between the wickets. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now looking at England's bowlers, it was slightly intimidating to see Mahika Gore and Lauren Bell open up the bowling. As someone who's not very short, but not very tall, I'm I'm pretty average, I would say. Like, I would be absolutely terrified to have two bowlers over six foot opening the bowling at me, who both absolutely hoop the ball. Yes, Mahika Gore didn't necessarily have the, the most standout performance for England today. She bowled two overs for 18. She went wicketless. Lauren Bell bowled four for 35. Also wicketless. Both the openers being the only two bowlers for England to not pick up a wicket. But it just goes to show that, you know, England are very, very capable. And they have so many reserves as well with Izzy Wong, who's who's back in form. I'm so happy with this because there was lots of speculation on should she be given a break? Should, you know, She'd be around the England cap still, or should she go back to domestic cricket? Well, Izzy Wong for England A was just fantastic. She felt like she was back to her own and contributing with the bat and the ball. So that was great. You've got Lauren Filer as well, who was emerging player in the cricket writers' dinner just a, probably a week ago now. I think I've lost the concept of time. But, you know, England have such great fast bowling reserves now. And there was such a panic initially, you know, with the, the loss of Shrubs and Catherine Sivert Brunt. Because they were, you know, such big figures of the English game. They're, they're, they're legends, they're heroes. But, you know, this is credit to the system that it is working and they are producing young, fast bowlers. And, of course, you know, full credit to the UAE as well for all of their work in developing Mahika Gore as well and the amount of match experience she's been able to gain by playing for them before this point. Now, Freya Kemp, she was back in the side and back to bowling. I guess that's the focus. She picked up one wicket. She was expensive, two out, two overs for 30 runs. But 
when you're just coming back to bowling and you have a few runs to play with. Luckily for Freya Kemp, it wasn't costly. Nat Siverbrunt bowled her for four overs. And then the two spinners, Sophie Eccleston and Sarah Glenn, four wickets between them. And they just completely squeeze the life out of the game. You know, England went on with four seamers to begin with in that bowling lineup. And, you know, when you think of Indian pitches and you think of taking pace off the ball, it seems like a, a bit of an unusual tactic. But actually by holding back Eccleston and Glenn, it, it feels like they, they really took the life out of India's run chase. And, you know, to only go for 15 runs, Sophie Eccleston and her four overs, when previously England had hit close to 200 on this pitch... You know, it, it was good to see that she wasn't in any discomfort after that injury and also was, you know, still brilliant in the field as ever. And Sarah Glenn as well, equally impressive, just keeps getting more and more impressive with her control and the way she can vary her speeds and then floating one up, which she's not afraid to do, but also continuing to dart it in. It was just hugely impressive from the England bowlers. And, you know, they have the likes of Charlie Dean waiting on the sideline as well. Uh, I know there's been some trouble with illnesses around the England A squad and the England squad. And I think Charlie Dean was unavailable because of an illness. So hopefully she's feeling a bit better now. But England have plenty of options. So England win the first T20. Wouldn't it be good for the sake of me and Nikki's conversations if maybe India win the next one? And then we go down to an absolute thriller on Sunday. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed because I think it would be good for the content and I think it would make both of our blood pressures rise really, really high to quite an entertaining point. Now, speaking of spinners for England, interesting story which came out just today at the point of recording was an article released about Amanda Jade Wellington, which has been, of course, detailing her fantastic performance with the Adelaide Strikers and winning the WBBL. We hopefully will have you a slight WBBL-related interview coming up soon when we can sort out some times, because, of course, Australia is quite a long way away. Not that the people who organise Eurovision have quite understood that yet but it's quite hard to to decide on podcasting time so hopefully we can get around to recording that but Amanda J Wellington 26 years old of course made her debut very young for Australia and then around 2017 2018 kind of fell out of favour with the Australian uh, selectors and they've decided to go more recently for the likes of Georgia Wareham and Alana King in the leg spin department interestingly enough that Amanda J Wellington would be eligible through links through her family, to play for England in 2025. Now, she didn't say anything about 100% doing this. Of course, there's that frustration, I'm sure, for Amanda Jade Wellington, which she has said she's come to peace to about not playing for Australia. And there's plenty of people around saying that, you know, how is she not in the team? Maybe citing that she bars a more traditional kind of leg spin. She gives it a bit more air, a bit more turn. And the preference for, for modern coaches or players is to just dart it in that little bit quicker. But, you know, she's so brilliant at what she does and playing in these franchises all around the world. It is pretty unimaginable to kind of look at a player like that and go that how... How is she not getting a gig in international cricket? I mean, literally, she she picked up four wickets in the Caribbean Premier League final to guide the Barbados Royals to victory. And then the WBBL season, she had the overall second best economy rate with 5.46, third on the wicket-taking list with 23. I mean, uh, the, the question which I'll ask is, I've seen a few people saying, would they want this? I mean, you wouldn't say no, would you? But... 
others saying, would she actually fit into this England lineup? Now, if you'd asked the question potentially, you know, a year, a year and a half ago, when I think Sarah Glenn wasn't potentially coming into her own as much, then potentially, but actually, if you look at England's spin department now and how they have all bases covered with Eccleston, Glenn and Dean, I mean, it's it, it's difficult because the the argument that Amanda J. Wellington should be in the Australian team, but then and and agreeing with that, but then suggesting that she wouldn't make it in the England team if she did qualify for England seems a bit of a strange one because objectively Australia performing at a higher level, it's it's harder to get into that Australian team. It will be interesting to see what happens. You know, she's a brilliant player. She's a great personality. I think there should be a petition for Amanda Jade Wellington to basically have every single mic attached to her as she's playing cricket with a camera. Just the Amanda Jade Wellington camera as well would be perfect. Just so we can kind of track her every motion because she's so entertaining. Now, the second thing I quickly wanted to mention is the move of Freya Davis from the Southeast Stars to the Southern Vipers. Now, again, another quite big decision really for Freya Davis, who of course is hit a point in her career where England don't seem to be going with her in in the future direction. She's still so young. And usually, you know, when you look at how strong this Vipers unit is with the trophies they have piling up to the ceiling, you'd be going, is this a good move for a player who wants to stand out again to go to a team which is packed full of so much talent? But actually, I think it's a really good move from her. Because if you think that Lauren Bell is going to be, you know, away with England quite a lot of the season... You, of course, have lost Tara Norris to Thunder at the start of last season as well. So suddenly the Vipers' two opening bowlers aren't going to be there. Or traditionally their two openers aren't going to be there. They also lost Paige Schofield to the start. So this last year, even though they've coped really well because they've had a, a great spin attack and Georgia Adams has had the golden arm, just absolutely brilliant. I should say WBBL winner Georgia Adams because she's absolutely unstoppable. But, you know, you've got Mary Taylor... Um, and you've got Freya Kemp again, who's away on England duty a lot. So for Freya Davis, it's a really good chance for her to lead this attack. George Railwis, who's had a few injuries recently with her back, probably won't be bowling as much if you think about it. So actually, I think a, a really good move from Freya Davis to also be under the coaching of Charlotte Edwards, because, I mean, who wouldn't want to be under the coaching of Charlotte Edwards? But yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Again, if you're listening at this point, tweet us at Storylines Pod. And hopefully for Freya Davis, because she's a hard-working player, really, really lovely girl, it'd be good for her to, to find some success at the Vipers there. And everyone likes a bit of a comeback story. We saw with Tash Barrett making her way back into the England squad. She's getting a central contract as well. She's already got one because they they started kind of working in October. But whether Freya Davis can kind of push her way back into that England squad will be a really interesting journey to follow and I'm looking forward to seeing her play in orange here we go we're at the end but thank you for listening to this one man show Nikki will be back for the other dailies please do not worry thank you for listening to this point get in touch at storylines pod on instagram or twitter ask us any questions you have about the first t20 or what you think is happening in the second and third T20s as they go so that we have questions ready to go to answer in the podcast afterwards. But for now, have a good evening slash morning slash afternoon whenever you're listening to this. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.